Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Minority Reports. Another amazing, exciting episode we have for you. I'm your host, Mona Sheikh. We have... Just one of my dearest, dearest friends. I just love him and respect him so much. Uh, you have seen this guy on NDTV. He has, he's been a Laugh Factory star for the longest time. My f- very, very funny friend, Raj Sharma. Welcome. Thank Hi. you for joining me. Hello. Thank you for Hi, joining us. Hi, friend. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great now that I am talking to you, so I feel great. Aww. I'm I, so proud of all the good stuff that you're doing. Man, I, I love you, you for are, it. Uh, you are a um, next-level hustler. Oh, like, man. You have, you have, uh, you have the, like, I admire that. Like, you have, I'm too lazy. <laughs> so, like, you have, uh, you have drive, I, uh, which is, which is impressive. Also known as trauma, but I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we, we all have that. We're, we're South Asians. We grow up, like, traumas. That's just that comes with tea. It's just it's just part of being brown. It is. I was just thinking about this the other day when I, I was uh, somebody sent me a thing for an escape room. And I was like, if you grew up in an immigrant household, every room was an escape room. <laughs> like you were trying to get the fuck out of that house. That's as quick correct. As possible. That is that yeah. is absolutely correct. Now, yeah. right, I, I know your background quite well, but we'll let the yeah. audience know a little bit about you. I mean, yeah. you were uh, you were born and raised in Dallas. You're... I was born and raised in I was born in Stephenville, Texas, raised in Dallas. Yep. Uh, started doing stand up out there in 2002. Yeah. Um, and moved out to Los Angeles 2011. Yeah. And sort of uh, um, nice things sort of fell uh, into place very quickly, and uh, we got into the Laugh Factory and uh, uh, the CBS Diversity Showcase, and um, all kinds of cool shit started to happen. Yeah. Uh, shortly after that, I met you, and we. Uh, Started watching you uh, do your do your thing, and then hustle and get your own shows. And I think I was on the first. I think I hosted the first Minority Reports. Yes, yes. Uh, at the Belly Room yes. in the Comedy Store. And that is correct. I think the last one we did was uh, this is Art Gallery here in Sherman Oaks, and now you've taken it to all the improvs, and you're in Vegas now, and. Uh, like I said, your uh, your hustle knows no bounds. Oh well, that's that's very kind of me, man. I, I appreciate sure. that. I just I just don't have a life, and I'm not married, so that's you know there's there's also that yeah. can't. Uh, well, yeah, well, no, I mean you're making good use of your time. Then. That's good. Yeah, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to I'm just trying to do as many things as I can and that I want to do before uh, my time runs out on this planet. And uh, I mean, you do like w- with what you're doing with Minority Reports is uh is pretty spectacular. Like your lineups. Because uh, I, I follow it, I, I follow it on the, all the social media, as the kids say. Uh, but your lineups are really, really incredible. Uh, it's very female centric, which I love because there's such a lack of that in the yes. comedy world. Um, and it's not just geared towards um, South Asians. You have your Latino night, uh, yes. Latina nights, That's and then right. you have um, your Bollywood nights, and then you have just a mix, a uh, uh, hodgepodge of that. And I'm lucky enough to to get to host those. So. Man, so yeah. proud of you, and uh, so glad that you're doing this. It's uh, it's 
you, you're giving voices to people that, that absolutely need them. Thank you very much. I, I think that's my that's exactly my intention. I mean, I I want the world to know how uh, amazing of a friend and, and amazing talent you are. So I, I want the world oh. to know uh, who you are and uh, just want you to rise to yeah, the top. Look and me up, look me up on the YouTube. I mean, listen, Raj Sharma is a legend. I mean, if you don't know Raj Sharma right now, you are doing something wrong with your goddamn life. Get your shit fucking together and type in Raj Sharma right now in your Google. Yeah, and if you, uh, we, were, we were just talking about this the other night. You, uh, you know Tom Tran, who's a very good friend of ours. Yes. Um, he does this bit on stage where he goes to a celebrity net worth. Okay. Uh, and you type in Tom Tran's name and he has people read it on stage for like, his celebrity net worth. <laughs> and uh, so if you uh, if you look me up, look me up on YouTube. Don't look me up on Celebrity Net Worth. Because <laughs> not yet. Not yet. You're getting there. According to Celebrity Net Worth, I, I'm I'm worth twenty million dollars. That's which amazing. Is, yeah, which is very very off by about twenty five and a half million dollars. Listen, man, can uh, I can I can I just say twenty five and a half? I like how you put the half in there because it made all the fucking difference. I'm, I'm negative millions of dollars. Uh, <laughs> Listen, that's, man. That's that's, what it should be. Listen, you know that in Hollywood, it's all about perception and the fact it that is. they and think. And I, and I think that's why a lot of places are like, well, he doesn't need to work. That's right. That's <laughs> He's got twenty million dollars in the bank, and I'm like, no, no, yeah, celebrity net no, worth no, lies. Twenty five and a half million. Listen, no, they say I'm worth twenty. I, oh, they, I said they're yeah. off. They're off by twenty. Twenty five and a half million. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. I mean, I mean, you know, f- for me, it's like I when I met you, I had only heard about the great Rod Sharma, and oh, uh, yeah, then, yeah. The, it was all smoke and mirrors. It was listen, and uh, you know, it, and it works. <laughs> so, uh, make make it work, man. That's you know, <laughs> you know, you, you fake it till you make it, man. That's what I'm about. You know, just yeah. fake it till you make it. I'm I'm trying to fake this whole look thing over here. You should have seen yeah, me this morning. Actually, uh, you just need to tell your audience that you're lying. She's actually a white girl named uh, Susan. It's Becky, uh, actually, but close. Oh, it's Becky. Okay, yeah, she just dyes her hair and tans. Becky with the good hair, baby. What's up? <laughs> she just t- dyed her hair tan, learned how to speak Hindi and Urdu, and just a little bit, you know. Yeah, just just getting by. Trying to get trying to get some of that Silicon Valley money, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, <laughs> that's what the rich billionaires. How's, uh, how's, how's uh, Vegas is treating you well? Vegas has been uh, so fantastic. I honestly, I, I wish I had been come here sooner, but I guess this is the time I was meant to be here. So yeah, I I love Vegas. I love coming here. I feel, you know, I, I feel like people only think of Vegas in terms of it's the the Strip, and you know, and that's fine because people just come here to party and stuff. But there's this yeah. whole different world outside of the strip and it's laid back it's clean it's nice it's a lot cheaper than california uh and oh yeah 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 and it's yeah, uh, yeah. I, I like it i like i like it i dig vegas man i i really do and uh are you uh, are you doing some spots while you're out there yeah you going up yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I go up, right. I do spots, but I think for this time it was just about uh, you know uh, just coming and taming the podcast with you guys. And didn't you go you to know? a boxing thing recently? I, I did. No yeah, were, I didn't realize you were into like big into boxing. Huge boxing fan. Yeah, I don't I think we've no ever talked idea. about this. Yeah, we've never talked about this. I uh, huge boxing fan. Been following it for well over fifteen years. And wow, yeah, just a, just a huge huge fan. My ex. Uh, husband and I used to spar. He was an amateur boxer, so he got me into boxing. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, he got me to boxing, and we used to, uh, but then he would emotionally beat me up later, so that was really lovely. Um, (laughs) He's like, this bitch can take a punch in them, but can you take a punch emotionally? <laughs> like, well, look at well, look at you now. Look at look at me now. Look at me all damaged and just trying to cover this faking that's until the, I make it. The, that, that's the best kind of that's the best kind of comedy. <laughs> just it's, a, it's like is it, is she going to tell a joke or put a bullet in her brain? Let's yeah, find out. Exactly. It's like dancing with the scars. <laughs> you know that's what, <laughs> that should be a show. Dancing with the scars. Do I I do this bit about how ISIS should have a TV show called Dancing with the Scars? And whoever dances out dances their pain, physical pain, gets to get a yeah. bar of soap so they but can no, take a shower. But when ISIS is dancing, is it mandatory that they have the rifle over their head as they as they dance? Just the just like a workout kind of a dance. Yeah, because if you watch how they like, if you watch any of their like celebrations, they always have like their AK forty sevens above their head, and they're just that's like true. that's their like that's their go to move. It's like grab your gun. That's, because they don't know what to do with their hands. That's true. That's their uh, kind of like what? What's that crazy workout that everybody does? Uh, CrossFit. That's their CrossFit. Oh yeah. <laughs> the yeah, ISIS CrossFit. More dangerous ISIS or CrossFit people. I think. I think. It, I would say. I'm. I'm gonna say it's CrossFit. I think. I yeah, think, it is. If somebody can throw a tractor tire at you, right? Uh, and when did that become a thing? Like, tro- uh, tro- yeah, been, right. I have been working out. I mean, I was uh, played sports in high school and uh, continued to, to. That's right. You played try football. To be as athletic. Yeah, try to be as athletic as possible. But yeah. I haven't, it wasn't until CrossFit that, like, in my head somewhere was a guy that owned a tractor tire factory. <laughs> and he was like, fuck it, we're almost out of business. And then the first CrossFit place opened up, uh, obviously somewhere in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, you know what? You know what we need? Four tractor tires. And he's like, turn the lights back on. <laughs> we can pay the rent now. Uh, because every CrossFit place I go to has a fucking tractor tire. Dude, I don't fuck with those things. Like, I have physical injuries. Like, I can't mess with that. I have a broken but you neck. Out, but you're not a CrossFit person, are you? I used to be a CrossFit person for the longest time. Oh, it's a cult, right? It's a total cult. Honestly, my legs got super strong. I used to, like, press about 400 when I started wow. doing CrossFit. Yeah, my legs were, like, meh. I used to press 120, like, press 400. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was pretty in shape. And now I'm on a seafood diet. I see whatever the fuck I <laughs> eat. <laughs> I just, I just, I'm on this, I'm on this submission of, uh, I don't give a fuck. I just want to be happy and just eat yeah, and that, you know, smoke and drink a, and just have a good time. It, that's what it should be. Yeah, right. That's what it should be about. Yeah, I just, you know what, it, it's too, life is too fucking short. Dude, uh, I was just 25. Like, what happened? You were J.I.? Oh, no, no, I remember, I remember, I think about it. Here's the thing, I don't know if it's that way with you, but like, in my brain, I'm still like 25 26 yeah yeah but my but my but my knees are about 92 (laughs) so in my head i'm like hell yeah we're gonna do this and then i stand up and everything pops and i'm like we should probably sit back down (laughs) yeah i one of your jokes that you did on stage which i freaking loved was you were like i threw my back out i was folding laundry it's fucking brilliant is that an actual thing or is that just a joke every year since i turned 40 something has happened on my birthday or around it. So when I turned 40, uh, two days after my 40th birthday, I was sitting on this very couch that I'm on now, uh, folding laundry. And I took, uh, I had a white t-shirt Yeah. and I just kind of snapped the wrinkles out of it. And, uh, when I did that, uh, somehow I was, um, in the same thing happened to my back that would have happened in a rear end collision. Um, (laughs) 
I pulled my back so hard. I remember my, my wife, Claire, coming home, and I'm just on the couch laying down. Wow. And, and I, I was like, I mean, I didn't know. As an Indian, you would think I would know what Tiger Bomb was. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't. I had to have the whitest Australian lady in the world Tell you show about me the what Tiger, Tiger Bomb. Bomb was. Yeah. Uh, and then 41, I was on the road, and I was headlining uh, a club, and I was in their condo. And I slipped coming out of the shower and cracked my shin on the toilet. Jeez, that's painful. Uh, 25 minutes before showtime. Oof. Uh, 40, that was 40, 41, 42. Um, uh, well, I don't sorry, sorry. 40... Did, you, did you end up doing the show after cracking your shin? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Look at you. Uh, yeah, I did an hour. Uh, because and, the voice and... of your dad was probably going off. It's like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was like, uh, if you were a doctor, you wouldn't have been in the shower. <laughs> you wouldn't have been avoided. Or oh, you would so, have been able to heal yourself if you were a yeah, doctor. Yeah, and then, you know, and then was, I was like, I got merch and I can make merch money. Yeah, I'll, I'll suffer through this. <laughs> uh, 42, uh, yeah, so I think I broke a finger. 43, bifocals. What the? Um, yeah, so I'm wearing, I've got the bifocals. Wow, man. Uh, I Listen, I'm, I'm getting up there. And here's the crazy part, and this yeah. is what I'm worried about. Yeah. I turned 44 in October last year. Yeah. Nothing happened. Thank God. Thank God. Let's no, not no, jinx no. that. That means that means something's on the horizon. But that that means that your body is just like we're taking a break for a few years. Yeah. Uh, yet, or it's like you know what? There's a semi about to hit you. So Jesus, don't say uh, that. God, God forbid. I don't want that for well, you. Well, I mean, I live in Sherman Oaks. Where are semis? Come on. <laughs> or there are no semis. Please don't come out. There's to, no semis. Please do not drive to Vegas. There's a shit ton of semis on the road. <laughs> please fly. So how fly. often do you make this drive now? I am here every other week, every two weeks. I'm here. Wow, man. I, I love my drives. I, I love going on long drives. It really clears my head. I get to uh, talk to myself a lot so I don't freak people out. I mean, I just love all of it. And... Well, I, I, I think we get accustomed to, like, we say long drives. Like, you're like, a long drive. Well, in your case, when you're doing a long drive, you end up in Vegas. Here, that's right. you can be in Sherman Oaks, do a really long, you know, hour, two-hour drive, and you're just in Studio City. That's correct. That is correct. It's like you move, like, five centimeters in two hours. Yeah. Like, that's that's traffic for you. I, that's I, love, I love ways when it's, like, estimated time in traffic. I'm like, oh, let's hear it. <laughs> it's like, estimated time in traffic, 47 minutes. I'm like, that's not, that's not traffic. Right? Right? That, we're just here now. Let's just all live on the 405. Hey, man, like, uh, speaking of uh, sitting in painful fucking traffic and trying to get through it, I, I, I want to I wanna get into this with you. I want to yeah. I, um, I I talk about how I feel like as South Asians and also as comedians, I, I guess, um, we uh, experience uh, a lot of uh, pain and trauma that we come from, right? So how yeah. do you feel like pain and trauma has been a big driving force for you as a comic and do you get you know and and being on stage does that does that help kind of provide some sort of healing for you to talk about your pain and trauma uh yeah i i know i know for a fact that it does um and you know we joke about it especially amongst each other like when we're you know when we uh, are, are out and you know uh uh grabbing a drink somewhere or or sitting down like we talk about it we joke about it yeah but people don't realize like i mean legitimately the first generation kids like that's who i'm that's who i look at now the first generation south asians that are here right because those are the you're, those are you're the kids first that, a, for your first generation i'm, first I'm generation an immigrant well. i'm an immigrant yeah so, yeah uh, i'm first generation but i have yeah. no kids but it's a first generation with kids like i i watch you know my friends that have kids now 
and none of them are um, emotionally traumatizing to their children. Like, unfortunately, uh, our parents were because, and this is, I'm not knocking anybody's family, but legitimately, people back then didn't know any better. And it sounds stupid to say, because you can go, well, of course, you know, not to beat a kid. Right. But when you grew up in a system where the, your teachers could beat you. That's right. You know what I mean? Like you could go to elementary school and get hit, pass a note to the kid next to you and you can get beaten by your teacher. And that's OK with your parents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and and like my, my mother suffered from uh, she didn't know it, but she had PTSD and she mm. had uh, anxiety and, and, and manic depression. And I mean, she was in the war between India and Pakistan, saw some horrific, horrific shit. And never did therapy because therapy was for pussies. That's right. Uh, That's right. Well, you, so you have to that, be crazy. You have to be crazy to go to therapy. Uh, or, or it's an embarrassment to you. Like what? That's right. Like what are people going to say outside? That's right. That's right. Well, my son is in there. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what, what are people going to say? Yeah. My kids in therapy. Like what? They're going to think you're crazy. And then they put this one. This is the one that, that which never affected me because I didn't buy the bullshit anyway. Yeah. Well, nobody's going to want to marry you. Oh wow! Wow. Uh, well, I mean, that's interesting. Crazy, but that's interesting. If they find out you're crazy, who's going to want to marry you? But do you think that maybe it was like less uh, effective to you? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Once you would say about the marriage part, mainly because you're a guy, I think for women it's a little different than it is for a guy. Well, I knew, I mean, I knew from probably 11 or 12 that I, I wanted nothing to do with arranged marriages. Right. Uh, just because it's so wildly, wildly unfair to the woman involved. Yeah. In it, because it's, and it's so I like I, I, I proposed this when I was doing stand up in India and it was met very well by women and it was not well received by men. Of course not. And I was like, let's I was like, let's do it the other way around. Mm-hmm. Let's have the girl pick from you know the pictures and go house to house and 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 turn down these boys yeah. and see what that does to their fucking self esteem and to their self worth. That's right. That's uh, right. When it's uh, something as simple like I remember that they were looking for my my old my biological brother, who I don't really consider uh, a, a family at all. But yeah, uh, but this is ages ago when they were uh, trying to do an arranged marriage for him. We we're in India, and I mean, it was like, well, she made these samosas herself. <laughs> wow, you, know, you like, selling like point, that. dude? Yeah, I mean, that, they're trying to sell this in any way they can. I'm like, she's not mm. a fucking Chevy. That's right. Like. You're, you're putting the hardcore sell on this. Yeah. And it's like, oh, she made the rice herself. She made this and she made that. And she knows how to cook and she'll cl-. I'm like, we're we're not hiring a caterer or a cleaning lady. And but that's, that's, but that's what you're hiring, though. That's, but that's, what, that's culturally, traditionally, that has been the role of the woman, right? Yeah. And so I'm sitting there. My brother hadn't, you know, my, my biological brother hadn't come in yet. And so they're like, do you have any questions for her? Oh. And I said, no. And they're like, legitimately, do you have any questions for her? And I go, yeah. And I looked at this girl, beautiful, stunningly beautiful girl. Yeah. And I go, yeah, I do have a question. She's all eager to answer. And I go, what's your favorite color? Uh. And everybody in the room is just kind of looking around. I go, nobody's asked any questions of substance. Everybody can tell me how That's good right. of a cook you are. That's right. But like, hey, what's your favorite color? What do you like to do? That's right. Do you like sports? That's right. Like, I don't, I mean, I'm just trying to get to know this person on a human level. And it's so funny because my brother was like, no, she's not my type. 
and the girl's father called my dad huh. and they're like, you know, we, we heard, uh, your, your family member conveyed the message that your son is saying that it's not your type, that that's not his type. And our daughter is very pleased to hear that. Oh. And my dad's like, really? We thought she would be a little upset, but okay. It's nice to know that she's taking it well. <laughs> he goes, no, she wanted to know if your youngest son was single. Oh, <laughs> because, <what's> uh, <laughs> that? because I talked to her like a fucking human. That's right. You know, That's instead of right. like, well, so like, I wasn't, I wasn't really, I didn't care about a resume. Yes. But this is what I'm saying. Like, let's, let's reverse it. And, and, but going back to what you're saying, like trauma is a real thing that we deal with. Yes. And I like. And that's why, you know, you and I hit it off so, so well is because... We bonded over we, pain, man. Yeah, we, I mean, we, we, and I think we do. And it's so different with, with Indian people um, in our audiences because we'll talk yeah. about this. And it's so funny because they try to make it sound like you're the only one that went through it. Like, oh, man, that must have been tough growing up. Right. And I'm like, yeah, if you were just honest with yourself. That's right. You really, I mean, and I'll say this. There's probably that 2% of that Indian parent from back in those days that did it right. That's right. Like that raised their kids without fear. And less without... Than, which is less than 1%, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'd give it a solid two globally. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Two <laughs> percent. 98% of, like, parents of our generation. Like, 98% of those yeah. guys. Because they legitimately didn't know any better. They didn't know they were That's fucking right. their kids up. And That's they right. did. That's right. And look, they didn't know any better, right? Like, because they were raised that way and they just passed yeah. it on to their kids and they were like, that's, well, I, that's just how you the, raise the, it. The, the abused becomes the abuser. That's right. Which is a very, which is something that happens in, in abusive situations. Sure. sure. Uh, and I, I learned that. And I think this is where it comes from for the first generation kids. Yeah. Is I always said to myself, like, if I ever have kids, I would never do that to a child. Sure. Like, I would never, like, you, I mean, and, and I'm sure you went through the same thing. Like, you could just yeah. be loud. Uh, or laughing too hard, or oh. whatever it was, or not like whatever food was served, and you got your ass handed to you. That's right. That's so right. So how do you? I mean, what do you do in that situation? There's there's a few choices that you have. You can sit there and wallow in it. Yeah. And it can affect your life and your outcome. Yeah. Um, or you can find a way to turn it around and make it so you can explain what you're going through in a funny way to people that don't understand what it's like to grow up in a South Asian household. Now I'm not, and I'm sure you're going to get a lot of shit for this. Yeah. I'm not saying all South Asian households are like this. That's right. That's I'm right. I'm saying yours and I was. That's correct. And I've, I've talked to people that were like, yeah, man, that situation was similar to me. That's correct. And, you know, uh, I've spoken to so many South Asian like friends who are not even comedians, and they'll yeah. talk about their trauma. I mean, look, Raj, you and I have known each other for a while now. And, yeah, dude, yeah. it's taken me like 10 years to work up the courage to get up on stage and talk about how my dad used to beat the shit out of me till I was 15. Like, as yeah. a girl, like a f girl getting beaten up by a father, like, that's the first man in your life as a girl. And if that's yeah, your yeah. impression of men, Men, yeah. then every person, every man, intimate man that you're going to have in your life after that is probably going to be a version of that because that's right. all you know. And for me, right. it's like I have four older brothers on top of that. And, you know, when I moved here, and I don't think we've ever talked about this, but when I moved here, I, I, my, my brothers were quite abusive. I mean, m one day my, my brother started beating the shot at me so badly, I had to call the cops on him because that was oh, the yeah. only way to stop him, you know? Yeah. And, and, the, and my, my parents who were living in Pakistan at the time would like literally call me and, you know, and he was such a coward, he would call my parents up and be 
like she's calling the cops on my, uh, me. Yeah, yeah. And my parents yeah. would be like, my mom would immediately be like, uh, you have to swear on the Quran. You're not going to file press charges against him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the enabling, like the enabling of it is so crazy. Yeah, yeah. But you know what it is? It's like when I talk about it on stage or when I talk about it, uh, you know, they see people look at me as if like I'm the only like weird anomaly that it's happening to or yeah. as if I'm lying or making up, making it up to get attention, which is yeah, yeah. none of the fucking things i mean do you experience <laughs> that do you have like like in south asian folks walk up to you after or if you're talking about trauma whatever walk up to you and they're like oh that that, that, that is that I, is that I, really I've true had, i've had uh especially like it, it, it's only happened to me in texas uh. where i've had people that were at shows that knew my parents mm. and they were like well i know that that's made up because they could never do that. i was like yeah because don't the people that you play dimpati with aren't kicking your ass. <laughs> the, the people that you're playing cards with uh, every Friday night, when you lose a hand of cards, are not beating the shit out of you. That's right. Uh, but you don't know what happens when the door shuts. That's you right. You know what I mean? Like I said, like uh, I'll give you a very, very cool example of this. Mm. Uh, my mother came out to a show. I think it was the last show before she passed that she came to see. She brought like 16, 17 of her girlfriends with her. They all uh, sat in the middle. It was at the Addison Improv. I'm headlining, and I was doing a joke about getting beat as a child. Mm. And I said, excuse me, I go, if you don't believe me that my mom used to beat the shit out of me, she's right here. And I pointed at her. She stands up, all five foot three of her, stands up and waves to the audience and goes, I used to beat him. Oh, my God. Right? And it got such an applause break that I had to end the show. I was closing anyway. Right. And I was like, I can't follow that, so I'm just going to end the show. And we went home. I was living uh, on my own. I was in, 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 I was living in Addison. Yeah. And I went back to the, you know, our family house. And my mother was sitting there. She's like, the show was so great. She's like, but why do you say that I used to beat you? And I was like, because you did. Right. She goes, that none of what you said tonight was true. <gasps> and I go, how? I go, I was she, specifically about getting beat by an extension cord. And she goes, none of that was true. I <gasps> said, mom. I can walk into the garage right now and I can tell you where it's hung up. Wow. I know exactly which extension cord it is. Right. And we brought up everything from the past and mm. I left. I went back to my place and the next day I came over to have lunch and my mother is sitting in the same spot wearing the same clothes from the night before. Whoa. And she's like, she's like, I haven't slept. And I was like, really? She's like, I've just been thinking about everything that you said. Mm. I said, okay. She goes, I completely blacked it out. Wow. She's like, I sat here last night and it all came back. Wow. She goes, what I did to you was so horrific and mm. so unfair. And she, and you know this in our culture, mm. she touched my feet. Whoa. Mothers and she never goes, do if that. I ever, she goes, if I ever hurt you, I'm begging for your forgiveness. And I go, that's all I wanted was a sorry. Wow. I didn't want any sort of like, Wow. You know, uh, uh, public, whatever. Sure. Just a personal, hey, I'm really sorry I did that. Sure. Luckily for me, mm -hmm. uh, in that rare situation, I got it. And closure. We had you got closure. Huge we closure. We did. And we, and we had the best relationship uh, after that for years and years and years. And then, unfortunately, um, about five or six years later, she yeah. was diagnosed with cancer. And a year, 15 months later, she passed. Yeah. But for the six years after that day where she said she was sorry was the best six years I ever hung out with my mom because I sure. didn't want, I, I mean, I remember going off to college yeah. and making it on purpose. Like I'm going 
three and a half, four hours away. Yeah. And I wouldn't come home. Like my dad would call me like, your mom wants to know when you're coming home for a Christmas break. I'm like, yeah, I'm staying here. Yeah. And I would say for Christmas break, I would stay for summers. I just didn't come home because I'm like, I don't want to go back there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because but it's... It, it is, I mean, I, I did therapy for years yeah. and um, it saved my life. I can say that uh, because I was having um, such insane anxiety and pa- like anxiety disorder and panic attacks Yeah, that I'm like, and this is how it is. And this is not a racist thing to say. But when you say panic attacks, you tell other Indian people or South Asians, yeah. like, that's a white people thing. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. My it's, best friend. It's ignorance, man. Like, but it's ignorance. Don't you think that's ignorance? What is that? Is I that just denial? Think they don't, yeah, they just don't know. Like, I remember telling my friend Avi that I was having a panic attack while I was at his house. Mm. He's like, your hands are shaking. I was like, give me a few minutes. I'm having a panic attack. Oh. He goes, that's some Tony Soprano shit. Is that? He's like, he didn't think that was real. He thought it was a thing made up for the TV show, The Sopranos. Wow. And I was like, no, no, no. I legitimately have anxiety disorder. Sure. And I have no shame. I'm like, I, my inner, my inner child knows when to cry for help. Sure. And, uh, Absolutely. I had no qualms when I, I was in Vegas, which is funny. Cause that's where you are. The first time I had an actual massive panic attack, wow. thought I was having a heart attack. I was staying at the Mirage. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. I was staying at Caesars and I thought I was having a, uh, a, a heart attack. I got in a cab because I, refused the paramedics that came to my room um i refused to go in the ambulance with them i made this poor cab driver run every red light in vegas to get to unlv emergency room wow and that's when the nurse was like your ekg is normal your blood pressure is a little high Mm -hmm. but what you're having is a panic attack yeah and i immediately reached out to the laugh factory which we're so blessed in the sense that jamie masada and the laugh factory have a full-time psychiatrist uh on on staff right. at the club which and is great first for any comic you don't have to be a regular at the club or pass or any comic that wants mental health your first six sessions of therapy are free wow and i remember that that next day uh after i slept because i'd stayed up all night with this horrible panic attack mm. i slept that day and the first thing i did was email the, the club and i said i'd like to meet dr tabori and set up and i set up an appointment for therapy and the first thing she goes, what would have triggered your panic attack? And I go, I have no idea. My mom died a few months ago. Hmm. And she's like, well, let's start there. <laughs> right? And we went and we went back and yeah. we started talking about the level of abuse that was in that house. Sure. And by today's scale, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it would be criminal. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but back then, like people didn't, you know, people didn't give a shit. That's right. Um, That's because... Right. You know, like my mother, uh, again, the PTSD, when there was a movie that came out, and it's a Bollywood movie called Border. And as a family, we went to go see it. And when the war scene started, because she was in, she was seven years old in the war between India and Pakistan. When the war scene started, she got up and left. Wow. Till this day, she'll tell you, like, if she was here, uh, she would tell you she, she never saw that movie. Wow. Wow. And we were there. We were all in the theater, and the war scene started, and she got up and walked out. And she doesn't remember ever being at that movie. Jesus. Because the war scene started and it she just blocked everything out. That's right. Uh, that's her survival. Just, that's her survival mechanism. Man. Yeah, uh, and that's what happened. So that's when I realized, like, oh, there's something, there's something wrong with mom. Sure. I mean, granted, we were adults by this point. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, the 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 you you can't go to school and you know 
tell your friends that what's going on in your house. So right. you do a couple of things. You make people laugh. Yes. Uh, yes. Or you uh, write really sad fucking poetry. That's right. And uh, <laughs> I decided I'm... to make people laugh. <laughs> no, listen, uh, and, and thank God for that, right? I mean, I yeah. feel like in our culture, like, you're not even supposed to go and talk about your problems to people because, yeah. you, you know, that means that people will look down upon you and that you have problems. And God forbid if you have problems because uh, you could show. I was doing a show in Mumbai and the girl that was doing a guest spot. Yeah. Uh, she went up in her five minutes that she was doing was all about her and her therapist. And I remember wow. watching from the wings and I'm like, the balls on this girl, this is great. People that. need to hear this yeah. because this is ballsy shit yes, for over there. For sure. And I remember looking at the audience that wasn't getting it. Wow. Like the jokes were funny. They just weren't getting it because it hit me. They don't know what the fuck a therapist is. That's correct. That's correct. It's not part of the culture. No, I mean, can you imagine like going like, <laughs> like that's what you want to be in India? Like, you know what? I'm going to help people. That's I'm right. going to go to college, I'm going to go to med school, <laughs> and I'm going to be a therapist. And then you open your first office, and then nobody shows up. Right. They're like, yeah, we are perfect. I, I told my mom, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I recently uh, was talking to my uh, mom, about, about a year and a half, you, you've met my mom, hung out with my oh, mom. Yeah, and I said to my mom, I said, mom, you've grown up with a lot of trauma. You know, my mom just has, you know, grew up with a lot of trauma, grew up in a very, also very abusive household, and yeah. just got married off at like 16, 17 years old. I was her yeah. fifth child at the age of 23. You know, two Jeez. of my, yeah, my two brothers have polio, you know, that they got expired yeah. vaccination in Pakistan. And that, you know, and that my parents just had the most tumultuous marriage that my father yeah. was very physically abusive towards her. So she just has a lot of trauma. You know, I said to mom, I said, yeah. mom, you know, a therapy has really significantly helped me. I've been going to therapy for 13, 14 years already. I was like, you should go to therapy. It'll help you. And she was yeah. like, first she was like really resistance to the resistant to the idea. And then she was like, OK, you know, I have this because she's in Dallas now. Right. So she's like, oh, yeah. I'm going to go talk to this uh, friend at the mosque. And I'm like, oh, that's great. She's a therapist. I'm like, perfect. So then a few days passed by and I said to my mom, I'm like, mom, did you talk to your therapist friend? And she's like, I talked to her and she told me that I am perfect. Yeah, of course. I was like, of course. what did you say? She's like, she told me I am perfect. And I was like, this is this is some fucking Adonis shit right here. Like I was like, you're, you're yeah, Adonis? You know, and you know, at this point, at their age, and then this sounds, you know, just between me and the fence post and all the people that are listening. Yeah. Uh, at this point, fuck it. Let her think she's perfect. As long as you can yeah. get you right. Yes. Uh, that's yes. what I'm focused on. Like, I, I would have loved to have taken my mom uh, to therapy. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, she, you know. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, lost your battle with cancer, but yeah. dad's the same. my dad's the same way. Like, you know, he's he's got congestive heart failure, but he'll tell you he's perfectly fine. Right. And I'm like, where does that mindset come from? Your doctor is telling you 
that with your diet and the way you're with no exercise and your sedentary lifestyle, yeah. you're running towards death and you'll laugh at it. Right. And I'm like, where does that come from? That just the the belief that I'm completely fine and I'm going to be okay yeah. is so weird to me. Like, I know when I'm not okay. That's right. That's right. And I'm the first one to go, hi, look at me. I'm not well. So how do I fix this? It's like a fucking car. If I took the <laughs> wheel off your car, you're not going to go, eh, it'll drive fine with three wheels. That's right. That's right. But you're like, I, you know what? I should probably fucking put a wheel on there. <laughs> you know? You know? I just feel like it comes from a place of because there was so much struggle for them to probably grow up in like this, you know, the, look, your your parents, I, I don't know if your parents, my parents definitely didn't come from, you know, wealthy families by any means. I mean, very yeah. poor families. My mom especially came from a very poor family. My dad's side, you know, struggled and they ended up building themselves. But I feel like when you come from such dire situations, there's not a yeah. lot of, you're just surviving. There's no room for therapy. Therapy is luxury. That's what like rich people yeah do. i mean my mom uh so you know that term retail therapy um yeah that yeah. My, my i think my mom invented that uh because <laughs> retail therapy? That that's was, awesome that, so she grew up very very wealthy and then when the war between india and pakistan happened they had to flee overnight yeah and they lost everything bad business deals bad land deals when they got to india um and so she was she went from riches to rags wow uh wow. and then you know studied she was valedictorian of for every single year of every she was valedictorian uh, high school, uh, you know, because they do the examinations every year. Sure. She came in first uh, from high school through college, uh, through nursing school, through the SMU, uh, Southern Methodist University uh, nursing program. She was top of her class. Yeah. Uh, built her own business, became a millionaire. Amazing. And uh, everything she ever bought is still in that house. You can't, you can open the door to our garage, a two-car garage. Yeah. At their house. You can open the door and step into the garage. Yeah. And that's as far as you're going to get. It's just packed that deep with wow. everything. Wow. Uh, and then you pull down the door for the attic and the attic is full. Wow. And then her old closet is full. Wow. And um, because her her logic was. Yeah. Well, if we ever go poor again, I can sell all this stuff and we can we can that's be fine. That's right. That's where exactly so where that comes she from. became um, an emotional hoarder. Yes. Absolutely. So that's what she did. Uh, so that's how she coped. Yes. Well, I didn't really have that. So um, it was, I always just got, I was bullied as a kid as well. Mm. Um, because of being so, Indian? Uh, yeah, being Indian in a small Texas town. And, you know, there's strength in numbers. And I we were the only Indian family. Right. So right. it was real. We were just easy, easy target. Sure. Uh, and I learned to, to make my bullies laugh because... It takes a very special kind of asshole to punch somebody when you're giggling. That's right. That's uh, right. So uh, uh, I just learned that early on. And and the joy, and this sounds very cliche, uh, especially in our business, but the sheer joy I get from entertaining people and making them laugh, there's not a price you can put on that. And That's if right. I won the lottery tomorrow and they said, you can, you can do stand-up comedy all over the world, but we're not going to pay you a dime. Yeah. Would you do it? And I would say gladly. Yep, absolutely. Uh, because uh, I'd rather, I used to say this to my mother, because, you know, Indian, South Asian moms, especially like, oh, what are you going to do as a comedian? What am I going to tell my friends? Everybody's kids are doctors and lawyers. You want me to tell them my son's a comedian? <laughs> and I'd go, I'd rather be a comedian and live in a dumpster That's than right. be a doctor and live in a mansion. That's right. Because you're because be miserable. I know, I know one would make me so miserable that I would put a gun in my mouth, and yeah. the other one would make me so happy I could keep going. That's and right. And so... That's what it was. I just, uh, I, 
love making people laugh. If it's one-on-one or if it's, you know, a theater of 3,000 people, it doesn't matter. That's right. It's just the sheer joy I get from that. And so I'm thankful in a weird way. I'm thankful for that abuse and that, and that bullying yeah. that got me to here. And it sounds very weird to say thank you. You know, like, thank, I'm so glad that that happened because if it didn't, I, I always wonder, like, how unfunny would I be? You, you, you know, know what I mean? It's funny because... Because um, I, I, I have friends that grew up in very well-adjusted households, and I'm like, you fuckers aren't funny. They're so boring. Yeah, I mean, they're not... <laughs> they're just... The, they laugh at, like, dad, like, old dad jokes. I'm like, come on, man. Like, you're two years, five years younger than me. Stop laughing at that shit. Right? And I'm like, oh, you grew up well-adjusted. That's exactly... That's exactly... You grew up healthy. Is that Yeah, you, what grew, you, up, you grew up with a, you grew up with, a, with parents that told you that they loved you. Right, <laughs> that's right. They're that's like, why you're not funny. Dude, I'm the first person in my family to start saying I love you. And my family yeah, I, was like was awkward and weird about it when I would say it. And they'll be like, oh, I love what? And now it's become part of their vernacular to be like, oh, I love you, too. Have, you know, I love you. Nice. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a very uh, it's so, you know, for 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 a. For a culture that really uh, invented the Kama Sutra, for a culture yeah. that has Bollywood movies that are all about love, rom-coms, and we really are fucking anti-love, tell you, that are expressing that form of love, don't you think? Oh, oh, uh, 100%. Like, I, I, I find it um, oddly amusing that we did come up with the Kama Sutra. We have 1.3 billion people. Right? Somebody's uh, fucking, tell you that much. But yeah, you can't kiss in a Bollywood movie. That That's right. That, we cannot show that. I'm like, well, I mean, there's one point. I don't think they need it. <laughs> I, I think they figured it out before the kissing in the Bollywood movie. That is very true. I, I think they figured fucking out. We we put um, the uh, we put the French to shame, baby. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it was always like I, you remember the our old uh, old school movies, like the guy and the girl be like running around the tree, <laughs> and they get really close, and the next thing you see is like a bee pollinating a flower. That's correct. And then like fireworks are going off. You're like, ah, <laughs> somebody's fucking. That's like, right. Figured it out. Like, that's right. It's not. I mean, it wasn't like. Like, thanks. I ha- I got thanks for the decoder ring. I figured it out. Like, <laughs> I know what they're doing. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, but I mean, I, I was talking about. I wasn't talking about this. I was on my. I was on my. I was walking my dog, and you know that's how I write. Like that's how where my material comes from is when I'm on my walk with my oh, dog. Oh really? Like, okay. Yeah. yeah, because there's no. I'm. I'm. You know, my wife is at work, and and uh, yeah. yeah, I walk the dog during the day, and all I have is time to think. Yeah. And I remember growing up, and there was one family. Uh, where the husband and wife were publicly affectionate. Okay. They were friends with my parents. Okay. And man, the shit talking that happened when those people left. Wow. You know what I mean? Because they, like, the wife would tell her husband, like, we'd be sitting there having, like, a dinner party. And she's like, you know, honey, can I get you something else? And I'm like, did she just call him honey? Oh. At the dinner table? <laughs> Slut. Like, you know, like, in my head, I was like, who do, we don't do this. We don't say honey. That's right. And she would come up like they would be like the men would be talking and she would go behind her husband of 20 plus years yeah. and just give him a hug from behind and bring him another beer or whatever and be like, honey, can I get you anything else? And kiss him on his cheek and go, I love you. And he'd be like, I love you too. Hon. And then the men would just go back to talk and the look on their faces. Yeah. And I was like, man, that was always so amazing to me is when I would go to my especially like my friends that were American, like because people don't realize this and you know this and I know this. Yeah. You live in two different worlds when you move to America. Like when That's you, correct. Like for you, 
you were in school all day. You guys moved to New York first, right? In Jer- yeah, we used to live in Jersey. Jersey. Jersey City. So you would go to school with all Don't the kids in there, Jersey, and you're yeah. a kid from Jersey. That's right. And then you would go home the minute that door shut. You're in fucking Pakistan again. That's correct. That's exactly so that's, where you are. And people don't realize the split personality of our lives. That's correct. Is I would go to school with the Bretts and the Marlins and the Mikes of the world. Yeah. And then when I got home and that door shut, yeah. I was in Delhi. That's correct. You know, I was I was in New Delhi. That's correct. And I mean, you, you know what I mean. And yeah. so, so I would see like, you know, guys, you know, my age, or because I started school early, uh, like guys a couple years older than me, and they have girlfriends, and you know, we're in middle school, and they're holding yeah. hands with a girl. I'm like, what? That's I didn't right. know we could do this because That's those right. people at home, yeah, uh, the ones that gave me life, <laughs> they don't seem to fucking like each other. That's right. You know. That's right. Uh, and so I'm like. Holding hands is not a thing, and saying I love you wasn't a thing. That's right. And it wasn't until, yeah, I was the same way. I would tell my parents, I was like, you know, I love you guys. I'll see you soon. Especially when I'd go off to school. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, my mom was very quick to, like, one-on-one if nobody else was there to tell you that she loved you. Wow. Wow. Uh, So when I would be leaving for school, she would always walk outside and give me a hug and go, I love you. Call me when you get to your apartment. Okay. But, like, in general, uh, that just wasn't Something to expect. And it's uh, love and affection and... I never saw my I till this day. Uh yeah. they were married uh, almost 40 years when she passed. Uh I never saw them exchange a kiss on the cheek. Ever. Never. That's uh, interesting. I remember at their 25th anniversary we got mm. them to dance and it looked like um it looked like a like a game show where we picked two random people out of the audience <laughs> and then forced them to dance together. Yeah. Because that's just how awkward it looked. And that's I was like, correct. "Oh, you guys okay." Yeah. Um but it was never, it was never, and I know they loved each other. Yes. Um, you know, uh, yeah. I don't think they liked each other. I think they loved each other. I don't think they, which is a different thing. I, I think a lot of people don't understand that. I mean, I, I, I agree with you on that. My, my parents, uh, I, I don't, I'm not so sure even if my parents loved each other. Um, they I think my dad was in love with my mother. I don't think my mother was in, ever in love with my father. But did I, I've even did your parents have therapist. love marriage though? Did they have no, love? I mean, I mean, kind of. Okay. Uh, they met in London, and it was one, you know my dad fell in love with her. Yeah. Uh, and it was one of those things where like her friends were like, "Come on, you're 36." Wow. Yeah. Like which you're... was in, in those days, which my mom didn't want to get married. Uh, wow. But in those days, it was like, "Hey, right, you're getting up there." What a trailblazer, by the way. Oh yeah, for sure. 36. Uh, was, that time. Oh, when I was born, my dad was 40, and my mom was 30. My dad was 41. Yeah. And, and yeah, my mom was 37, somewhere in there. Wow. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was uh, 30, I think they got married 33, 37 is when they actually got married. Uh, but yeah, she was 33, sorry. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was one of those things like she's like, I don't want to get married. He's a very nice man. But yeah. And then finally it was like, hey, come on. And you need to settle down. And she's like, okay, well, then I'm going to marry him. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, and that was that. But um, I don't think there was, uh, I never saw it. I never saw them hug. I never saw a thing. And so any girl that I've ever, that I ever dated was like, why are you um, not big on public displays of affection? That's right. And I'm like, because I would, and this is what I'm saying, the dichotomy. Like I would go to my buddy Brett's house, who was three doors down and Gail and, uh, and Gary were uh, their parents yeah, or, or Brett and Lisa's parents. And I remember sitting there, you know, just bullshitting with, with them in the living room and Gail just walk over and give Gary a, a little kiss on the, uh, on the lips and go into the bedroom and get whatever. And, 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 you know, it was time for dinner. And I'm like, what in the fuck? Did she just kiss him right there? 
in, in front, front of, of people. Me? Yes. Like I was embarrassed as a child. I was like, how, I'm here. <laughs> how could you do that in front of me? My parents have never done that. And they're my parents. I'm watching your parents make out. That's right. Uh, and I was like, oh, that. Second, your voice. I, I lost your volume there for a second. Okay, there you are. Go ahead. Oh. Roger, hang, hang on one second. I don't know I, why I lost your volume. Travis? Uh, oh, there you are. There you are. Okay. Uh, am I back? Yeah, you're back. You're back. Sorry. Uh, but we technically grow up like abnormal or whatever in the sense that. Dude, that abnormal uh, is normal to us, right? That's what I'm it, saying. It's not so, like, until we come anything, to the West. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing anything that was related to like love and affection and that's why i do the joke on stage is like well like south asians we grow up with the like kids that grew up here grow up with love support uh and understanding yeah that's right and we grow that's up with joke. fear beatings and fear that's exactly uh, it and, and that's considered that's supposed to be love by the way yeah they used to say uh what's that exactly and exactly I'm like, well i'd rather you hate me then that's exactly what I mean. You know what I mean, because your way of showing love hurts. That's correct. A lot, like physically, emotionally. Yeah, emotionally. I'm having fucking panic attacks as an adult, like before I go on stage. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the only thing. Like, I remember having panic attacks, and the only thing that would save me was going on stage. Wow. Uh, because I, I mean, I, I, multiple times, Mona, multiple times I was walking on stage, mm. literally in the midst of a horrible panic attack. Wow. And the first applause break or laugh would happen, and I'd forget about it and it'd go away. So I, there was uh, this solid, when I, when I first started getting the panic attacks, there was about a two and a half year window there where I booked literally every show every night of the week. Wow. If I could literally, and there, but before that, all day long, I would just be wrapped up in a blanket on my couch and go, this is where they're going to find my body. Wow. Like wow. that's where my mind was. Wow. Uh, and the thing was stand-up comedy saved me and therapy saved me and realizing that we did grow up abnormal, but That's it's okay right. because fucking shit happens. That's right. Shit happens. Yeah, you can't pick where you you can't pick where you grow up and what house you're in. I agree. I I mean, I just feel like you know, just like you just said, like for me, yeah. therapy and stand up comedy for sure saved my life. I don't think we've ever talked about this when you know when I moved out at 15 from Pakistan and I moved to Jersey and I used to live with my family. Um, there was there was just so much trauma and so much pain in the family where I didn't know how to process it and you have no one to talk to. So yeah. <laughs> this is going to get very dark. But uh, when I was a senior in high school, uh, yeah. I, uh, I I tried to kill myself. And um, oh, yeah. yeah, and they uh, ended up locking me in a psychiatric ward. Right. Yeah. And uh, my family came. My mom came. My father was in Pakistan because he never really lived here. My mom was there and my brothers came to visit me behind all these closed doors. And um, I remember just sitting there with like shame, just so much shame, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, just with my and guilt and yeah. so much guilt, so much shame. And like I'm looking down uh, and my mom was sitting there and uh, and she's good, you know, and she looks at me and she's like, how could you do this to me? Yeah. yeah. How could you do this to you? Like, do you understand, like, where the yeah. fuck we are right now? Like, we're in a we're in a psychiatric ward where your daughter is locked up because she tried to commit suicide, suicide. right yeah. but you're making it about yourself because you also have unresolved trauma that hasn't yes. been resolved so you're making it as if this is about you but this has nothing to do with you this is just everything about me and i think for me it was such a light bulb that went off in my head and i was like oh wait, wait a minute 
I'm not fucked up. I'm just around fucked up people. You're a product of fucked up. I'm a product of fucked up. So what I need to do is unfuck myself. Is to (laughs) (laughs) right. (laughs) I need to. uh, hashtag unfuck yourself. Hashtag unfuck yourself all fucking is, day, uh, dude. That is your um, my new mantra. T-shirt that you're gonna sell. <laughs> hashtag uh, unfuck yourself. They see style. Unfuck yourself. Unfuck, dude. Uh, I think I think we as adults, especially when you come from this kind of background and this kind of trauma, you for yeah. the rest of your adult life, all you're doing is unfucking yourself. Yeah, and I'm gonna share this with you, and I've never shared this with therapy or my wife or anybody. You, you were very candid enough to talk about it. I remember distinctly i think i was 13 maybe mm. almost 14 and we uh, so our house in, in dallas is a two-story house and there's uh, a half bathroom downstairs uh next to the formal dining room and i remember distinctly with a knife uh in the bathroom and i'm like mm, we could uh mm. nobody was home yeah it was after school last few kids man yeah you know came home had a key to the house uh my brother wasn't home from school yet uh, my parents were working yeah and i just remember and this is like I said. I know. I know my inner. Uh, I know my inner crybaby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, because I was like, man, we could just get out of this situation now. Mm-hmm. And my thing was, there were two things. One was like, let's not and get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like when we hit eighteen and it's time to go to college, let's get the fuck out. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And not look back. Sure. Uh, and the other one was, how bad is this going to hurt if I do it? Mm. Like if I cut my like, I was like, because I mean, I I'll turn into a little bitch. I don't. I'm not scared to admit it. I'm like, <laughs> how bad? How bad is it gonna hurt? I don't know if that's being a bitch. I think that's more being that's that's the the sane side oh, of for, you for sure, for sure. coming but to inside, your rescue. Inside my head, I'm like, that's what you're like, man. It's gonna hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I also was really um, keen on. I knew it. I knew at twelve or thirteen that I wanted to get out of that that little town, sure, and away from that house, sure, and um, and and just live my life the way I want to live it. And that's why, you know, I was pre med in 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 college, as we all do, and I changed my major. Yeah, um, I, I was uh, at the end of my junior year, and I called my father, and I was like, I don't want to be a doctor. And he's like, You're going to break your mother's heart. What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. I go, I want to be an actor. And I finished with fine arts degree. Wow. Uh, because that's how, would, what how I did your family receive that when you said that my to your dad? Cried. Your mother, mother cried. Cried. how about your dad? My dad, uh, I think deep down inside, if you could have given him two options in India, and that was one to be a CPA, which he was, or to be a Bollywood actor and singer, playback singer, he would have taken the latter. Wow. Uh, he, would, he would have been an actor and a singer. He was the first, uh, he was the first person to ever, um, show Indian movies in Dallas. He would call the production houses in India. He'd get the reel sent from Mumbai. There was the University of uh, Texas in Dallas. He rented out their uh, lecture hall. Yeah. Because it was $50. I'll never forget it. Yeah. It was $50 and it came with the projector. Wow. 
Wow. And so he charged $2 a ticket. Yeah. And it was a dollar for tea and a dollar 50 for samosas. <laughs> I love uh, that. And he went to the stores and he made the tea himself. He had a lady that made the uh, samosas for all the Indian stores. Uh, um, and he had her do it and he would warm them up himself. Yeah. He would cut the tickets and he was the movie guy. He was the guy who would put it on the reel, run it through the projector. And that, I think if you would, uh, if you were to give him that opportunity again to show movies and have his radio show that he had for eight years, which I was his co-host yeah. uh, as a kid. Uh, if I said, let me take away the millions of dollars you made as a businessman, in, but I'll give you these movies in the radio show. He would give you every penny. Um, Does that break your I heart think, when you think about that? Yeah. Uh, because I get to do this. Yeah. And, yeah. and he never got to do that. Yeah. And so, that whole, like, I'm going to come to this country and give my kids a better life yeah, uh, came with those options. And yeah. I don't think that, you know, and they saw, like, I remember in the beginning, my mom's like, what am I going to tell people? You know, low what king. What, what are we going to tell people? That's and right. then it started, as soon as I started getting any sort of success, yes, I knew that it was okay because I remember one time I, I went home, I went to their house and the glass coffee table they had in the living room just had all the magazines that I was in, all the newspapers. Wow. And my special was playing on loop uh, on their DVD player. Oh, and I was like, what's going on? He's like, oh, people are coming over for cards tonight. And I go, oh, so what that was for uh-huh. is when they got there and like, hey, how's Raj doing? Mm-hmm. She can like point to the table and like hand them all a magazine and go, you can read. Uh-huh. And the special was on the back. I was like, okay. So there's there's those moments where I'm like, okay, I know you guys are proud of what I'm doing. But right. it wasn't really, really ever vocalized. Yes. Um, yes. Not that often. It may be one or two times. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's uh, I knew I wanted. So that's the main reason I never physically harmed myself in that sense thank god for uh, that even though in my head i was like man it'll just be a second it might hurt but yeah. then it's done yeah and i'm like or we can get the fuck out of here yeah and live the life that we want to live and yes. that's what i did and thank god for that and i'm uh, i'm glad you did that and thank god yeah. i got out of the psychiatric ward although i did meet a lot of assholes after that but so, so. <laughs> but here we but, are uh, but, we're bo- but you know I, I love the fact that we're both um south asian yes uh uh, both comedians and both advocating uh, for mental wellness and therapy. Listen, um, man, I mean, I'm just such a huge mental health advocate. About two and a half months ago, Forbes ran this article and they included me I as know, part of the comedy. Forbes, and who just had another article come through last week. Another I think. article on Forbes. What's up, people? And this one was more about gender bias and sexual harassment. Yeah, and yeah, I, I had I, and I, I had spoken better. to you about that situation where a South Asian male comic walked up to me and called yeah. me a whore to my face, uh, which was fascinating. Uh, but yeah. uh, they're going to be. Hey, t- man, whores get paid. Whores do get paid. And you know what it is? <laughs> what it is? You know what it is? It also takes a whore to know a whore. You know what I'm saying? For sure. That's, For sure. that's also a thing. But uh, their name is going to be exposed in very, very due time. So they, they need oh, to. Oh, did you put them in the article? Because I didn't read the whole thing. Well, they're not part of the article. There's going to be a huge post about them because this is a, you know, here, here's my thing. Okay, Raj. And, 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 and I can't believe who, because I know who it is. You know, and you know, this is so uncharacteristic. This is so like, this person is just such a piece of garbage. There's no really other way to describe them. But 
this is what I really want to also want to ask you this question. You're a South Asian male comic, right? So yeah. we're minorities, right? You know, uh, male, female, South Asian, and we're, we're the minorities. We're the new kids on the block, right? Yeah. Now with this whole Me Too movement and Women's March just happened this past weekend, and you know the the you know Times Up movement. I mean, yeah, yeah. so many more women are vocal about you know their their horrible experiences that they've had with men. Now, yeah. when when I when I listen to a, a person like you who is South Asian male comedian and who's so about female empowerment and what you said yes. earlier in the podcast about, hey, let's reverse the roles and arrange marriages and see how the fuck that works out, right? <laughs> and I love that so much, too. Yeah. And we, we want more men like you because we can't do it on our own, right? We need allies like you to come kind of help change the narrative and help change people's minds. My, my, my question to you is, like, to me, what fascinates me is that if you are a if you are a minority of any background, I suppose, and or you know, or I guess especially in our in our culture because it's so deep, deep the patriarchy is so deep rooted in our cultures that yeah. when you come out and if you're an American born and raised person and then you come out and make a comment like that, what like do you think is that is that a is that culture and family playing a role or is that just culture playing a role? Like, what do you, what do you think uh, that is? I think with your specific situation, because we talked about this at the last, uh, the sure. last minority report. That's right. Uh, and you know, when I'm in town and when I'm available, I, I have never turned you down for hosting. I love you uh, for it. Because I get to see such amazingly talented, funny women, uh, yourself included and mm. the lineups that you pick and the people that you put on those shows, uh, are just so good uh, and such a refreshing voice. So we need more of it. Um, I think with you, my friend, um, and this is all praises to you in the sense that you came onto the scene, um, a relatively unknown person who rocked up onto the LA scene. And, and specifically you didn't go uh, to the more PC Bay area. You didn't go to the more, um, easily accepting uh, East Coast, uh, New York, Jersey, Philly, DC, which would have been an easier move for you, honestly. Yeah. yeah. You rocked up on Sunset Boulevard and started kicking indoors. Uh, and I think there's a jealousy factor that comes with these guys that are like, you know, why the only reason she's getting this is she fucked her way to the top, which That's you didn't. Yeah. Uh, or or she's a chick. Yeah. Or she's this. And at the end of the day, you prove, um, not only to myself, because I love watching you work, uh, funny is funny. It doesn't matter what you're fucking, if you have a dick between your legs. That's right. It's if you're funny. And when you have comics, regardless of background, um, uh, socioeconomics, whatever, when you have guys who are watching you speak your truth, which is, um, and, and, tell, and tell your fans and tell your people that are listening how often you get death threats for this stuff that you talk about. <laughs> I do uh, get because death threats. People don't realize this. Uh, and I didn't. Man, you would say, I remember back, back in the day, you're like, yeah, man, I get these fucking death threats every day. And she would say this like it was like going to the water cooler to get water. Like, <laughs> I'm going to get death threats. Do you guys want anything? Uh, uh, I'm like, what, what? Are you getting donuts? No, just no, getting another, just another death uh, threat. Just another day. And then you showed me on, I can't remember what, what platform it was. Uh, you showed me like all the shit that was being said. And like people are like, if you come to Pakistan, we'll burn you alive. That's we'll right. do this. And you were laughing your ass off reading these. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fucking balls. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're a girl or a guy. 
That's uh, fucking ballsy. And that shows that you're putting that the stone that you threw in that pond created more than a ripple. So when you have guys telling you shit like this, that I can't believe it was who it was and what they said, because it's so uncharacteristic of that person that I know. Oh. Uh, it comes from it's one it's it's a jealousy factor. Sure. And then I think second, maybe even a close third will be a cultural yeah. issue. Uh, but before that, it's a it's a jealousy. Why are you getting the work? Why are you getting this motherfucker's never been in Forbes? That's Fuck, right. I've never been in Forbes. Uh, you know we need to get like, you in Forbes, man. <laughs> uh, I don't think Forbes takes dick jokes. I think that's just uh, listen, man. I, I I'm slinging think... dick jokes. They're loving my dick jokes. Uh, we need to we need to make uh, them more accepting of your dick jokes. That's but there's two do. ways to react to it. Like I saw your post. Like, hey, I just wrote this article for Forbes, and I could have gone as if I were him, gone, that yeah. bitch, yeah. Or yeah. I can go, hey, my friend got a fucking article. Let me read this. Yeah. Uh, and I, I chose the, the opposite of what that guy chose to do. So anytime because somebody's going to Because you're also a better person. That's why. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. But anytime somebody, anytime anybody, anytime somebody calls you a whore to your face, yeah. hug them and say thanks. Uh, because that's all that's doing is giving you drive. Because after that day, yeah. and you told me that at the Sherman Oaks, uh, that art gallery. I don't think I've ever seen you hustle harder. Yeah. Uh, that's when you started putting the Vegas thing together. That's when you started putting more shows together. Yeah. That's when you started writing more. That's when you started doing the articles. And I'm like, hey, man, one dude can do this. Imagine when she has 20 guys calling her a hoarder or face. She's going to have her own fucking sitcom. Oh, my God. Listen, I, uh, you know, and uh, not not that I want to encourage them to come out and call me a whore to my face. But, I, uh, you know, hey, assholes don't need encouragement. They find they find their they find their ways onto the scene. Exactly. I mean, you know, you know what it is. I think uh, I, I know that white guys are getting a lot of bad rep recently. But, you know, yeah. uh, there's a lot of talk about white guys being, you know, patriarchy and toxic patriarchy and misogyny. But when you hear it from somebody of your own background who is American, born and raised that's the yeah. kind of stuff that really fucks with your head where you're just like i don't understand and i think for you and uh, another conclusion that i reached after kind of deciphering and just kind of taking myself out of the emotional part and just kind of looking at it objectively to yeah. me it was it also said that he has this person has said this to another woman before and gotten away with it or has said it to yeah. multiple women and they've no, nobody's ever stood up to him because he's a bully so yeah. he's never had somebody come out and fuck him up. And and I'm just going to say he fucked with the wrong whore. I'll tell you that much. Because <laughs> this motherfucker is well going to get knocked the fuck out. Because I'm going to fucking yeah. go UFC on his ass. Good. Good. And I'm, and I'm glad. Uh, but I think what happens um, is there's a lot. I mean, th- here's the thing. And then and you can attest to this. And I'm sure a lot of the people that will watch this will will send me some hateful shit. But there's no one worse to an Indian or a South Asian. Yeah. There's no one in the world worse um, to a South Asian than a South Asian. Yeah, hundred um, um, percent. Uh, that's uh, if you wonder how the British ruled India for four hundred fifty years. Divide and conquer, baby. Uh, it's divide and conquer in the sense that just keep this in mind. This is a phenomenal number. Yeah. That when the British ruled India, mm. there were three hundred and ninety million Indians. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were 130,000 British soldiers. 130,000 people wow. ruled over 390 million wow. because they split us up and they turned us against each other. And it was so easy to do Yeah. because, like I said, there's no one worse to a South Asian than a South Asian. Amen. And now look what we've done between India and Pakistan. That's right. Now it's always about a war. It's always about fucking partition. It's always fucking get over it. That's right. That's uh, right. But that's what we've done. So when you tell me that a South Asian came to you 
and said awful shit to your face, I'm like, ballsy, because normally they do it behind your back. <laughs> he's just stepping his game up is the what he's trying to do. But... No, I mean, honestly, I was just like, wow, to your face he said it? Yeah. I don't even remember what he like. And he said this, I was like, to your face? Wow. Because normally that's just done when you leave the room. They're like, oh, that fucking whore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm like, ballsy. He actually upped his game by saying it to your face. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, I mean, he sucks on stage, so he's got to he's got to come through yeah. somewhere. So off stage, that's how he's trying to come through. Yeah. You know? And that's what I'm saying. That's where it comes from is the jealousy and the and the hey, man, you're doing you're doing what you do. I don't see him with a podcast and I don't see him with articles and Forbes. and I don't see him booking shows and I don't see his face on the marquees. And uh, but you yeah. know what you do see him is eating shit on stage in India. Oh, yeah. I've seen him. I've seen him uh, globally. I've seen it. I've Just seen it in stage. Yeah, I've seen it internationally. Just eat uh, shitting on stage. Just eating shit on stage. <laughs> yeah. So um, just Amazing. keep doing you. Just Thanks, keep doing man. The I appreciate that. Uh, we're gonna start wrapping up. What, uh, sure. what what projects you're working on? You got some good stuff going on. Uh, Performances I, coming uh, up. What you got going? Yeah, I'll be uh, February 25th to the first. I'm at the Laugh Factory in Reno, Nevada. Awesome. Um, March 11th through the 17th, I'll be at the Improv in Tahoe, South Lake Tahoe, California. Very nice. Uh, and then uh, February 14th through the 16th, I'm at the Arlington uh, Improv in Arlington, Texas. Um, and then I'm working on, um, we're pitching next week to a couple of networks, a uh, uh, a television show for India. Um, Love it. And, uh, yeah. So just, uh, you know, I'm just trying to hustle like you. Keeping busy, man. I love it. That's, yeah. Listen, that's why we're friends right there because we're, yeah. we're, we're fucking just up in our game with the hustle and everything. Hey, man, I got to yeah. try. I love it. I love I, it. You... I got a white girl to feed. <laughs> yes, uh, so. you do. Although the white girl does pretty well for herself, too. She, so she, does, gotta... she does amazingly well. Yeah, yeah. Like, she, she does she really does, well for herself. She's, she's, she's a fucking baller. I'm she's like, I'm the... Dude, she's hey, man, a rock she's, star, that one. Hey, man, she's the rock star. I'm the valet. Aww, you just tell me where, just I tell me where, I think it's you just tell me where to park the car, sweetie. I'll park the car. Ah, I, ain't no shame true. in this game. I'm like, who's the badass? I'm like, her. <laughs> Ain't no shame in this game. I know, I know, I know, uh, I know a meal. I, I know my meal ticket when I see it. All right, listen, man. I, I, th I think you're doing just great for yourself. This has been such a fun thing. Do you want to? Do you want to plug your social media, your Twitter? Oh, it's all. It's all the. Uh, so all you uh, South Asians that are going to send hate mail, send it to uh, <laughs> at russellpeters.com. Uh, no. uh, yes. <laughs> yes. No, uh, uh, and watch Russell's special. It's uh, his new special filmed in Mumbai. It's good. Oh. Um, but uh, it's everything's at Comedian Raj. So all one word, just Comedian R-A-J. Love it. Uh, for you. And, and please, uh, you know, once again, before we, we cut uh, out of here, yeah. uh, if you are having issues, especially South Asians, my brothers and sisters, listen to me. If you're having any sort of mental issues or mental health issues, uh, there are therapists that will not tell anybody that you're in therapy and you don't have to tell anybody either. That's the right. only thing that's going to happen is people will be able to tell a difference because you'll change, your spirit will change, your, your self-esteem will change, your self-worth will change. Uh, but there's no there's no reason to harm yourself and, and get out there and do what we both did and and get into therapy and uh, you don't have to live the life that um, that you you think you do. Listen, so. I could I couldn't have said it any better myself, my friend yeah. Raj. Thank you so very much for joining us. Oh, this was just so you. wonderful. I love you to pieces. I love you too, man. Thank you so much for everything. This yeah. was amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, you got it. I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you soon. Oh, my God. Another amazing episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm Mona Shake. I'll see you next time.